So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Today, we are in a more of a somber state because we are dealing with some craziness that's sweeping the world uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I have a panel of truly amazing operators. When I say operators, these guys have been in the business for 10 plus years. I know them all personally. They're all my good friends. But I would like to welcome to the show... Three of my favorite people in the world. I have Nissan Mosri, I have Marine Miles, and I have Mike Flaherty. And uh, both, uh, respectfully, they all have companies. I'll let them talk about their companies uh, individually. But collectively, they have done lots and lots of deals, have operated lots of properties, and really, in my opinion, probably are the best guests to talk about what's going on in the current environment. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Corey. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, you know, let's just do a quick round robin so everybody can get a little bit of a feel of who you guys are. And we'll start with Nissan and then Maureen and, and, and Mike. Uh, sure. I've been in multifamily since uh, 2010. Before that, I've done um, commercial real estate in Manhattan, did uh, fix and flips all throughout the country and in Israel when I lived there for many years. And uh, 10 years ago, I started a company called Cornerstone Investment Partners, and uh, we've been uh, going strong ever since. Awesome. Awesome. Maureen? Yeah. So uh, let's see. We have um, we operate out of the Southeast and Midwest regions now, uh, doing some new build in Texas as well. And uh, we also have a fully integrated, we're, we have a property management company and also a construction company now that we operate um, across four different states. So uh, we've been in it. Um, I've been in multifamily for a long time, started with duplexes and singles, just like Nissan was saying, and uh, just developed it from there. So you know, now we're buying the larger complexes. Have done almost 20 deals, not 20 larger complexes, over 100 units. Now we're approaching, uh, approaching that number. So pretty cool. Awesome. And, and Mr. Flannery. Uh, Mike Flaherty, I'm hunkered down here in California with uh, my wife, three little girls and dog. And uh, st- business is still up and running. We have uh, properties from California, Nevada, Arizona, through the Midwest, uh, over to the East Coast. Assets under management, about seven hundred million right now. And I used to be a developer. Started buying apartments in two thousand nine. Was a great time to start buying apartments. We're going to see that again here soon, hopefully for all of us. And prior to that, I was a, a real estate develop developer in New York City and uh, Los Angeles. All right. So as you guys can see, these are these are three guests that really understand what's going on, and uh, I think they're going to give us some really good insights. So guys. Just really want to just throw this out there and give us your overall take on the markets, you know, kind of the state of multifamily. 
where are we at? Where, what's going on? And anybody can take it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a mess out there right now. It's, it's just a big question mark. I think it's a wonderful time to pause, listen, and learn. And myself and my team, we're, we're doing just the same thing, Corey, you are, and everyone else is on, on this call. We've been on calls for a week straight with our peers in the industry, uh, lenders, Fannie, Freddie, specifically regarding all the loans we have with them, project, pro- property management companies, you name it, really trying to assess our business, assess the state of affairs across the country economically. Uh, socially, personally, and trying to understand you know, what we need to do now with our current portfolio and, and where things are going. I think it's really hard to make any decisions right now, especially in the multifamily business, without really understanding how the financials, how the rent rolls will look over the next two months. Yeah, because um, we're, still, we're still in it. Like We're just in the beginning of what's going on. And it, cha- it changes every day, right? Yes, fast. You know, I've been I've been trying to keep my investors up to speed, and to be honest with you, I haven't I haven't done a great job of that because it it just keeps changing. You know, is this a is this a you know a V curve or a U curve economically? Um, it, it's just it's too hard to really judge it yet. Yeah, yeah, we've sent out a notification to our investors, just letting them know that you know we're we do all everything we buy is on a conservative model. We've been very choosy lately on what we've been buying. We've still been finding great deals over the past 12 months we found some really great deals but we're not um we're not as uh, aggressive on you know rent rising and things like that so they've had to really make sense day one which i think will save us and then also we did look at uh making sure that there was a very diverse workforce in these because we don't know what's happening as we're we're we knew that, that we're probably getting close to the peak of the market. Nobody really knew what would happen. But yep. the other thing I want to say that I just uh, reassured our investors that we're well capitalized too. We always have those rainy day reserve funds. As syndicators, it costs us a little more upfront to do that. And so there is an expense to, you know, we sell property sometimes and we still never touch, you know, three or $400,000 worth of these reserve funds, these rainy day funds. But I call it sleep good at night funds. I said, Maury needs to sleep good at night. So I do as long as that's in the bank, we don't touch that. Uh, and so that's what, so right now, I think anything that happens, any of these bumps, we're okay for a little bit, you know, before anything is really affected, you know, and, and to people out there that are new starting out, you really want somebody experienced to be able to go through your capital budget with you and make sure you have reserves uh, appropriately for things like that. Yeah, that's with our portfolio, we're really focused on keeping occupancies up, which entails keeping the back door closed. So on renewals, no increases. I've authorized our team to give a $100 concession or discount just really to make sure our tenants, number one, are safe and they stay in place. We're not offering, we're not, we're not doing any rent bumps on new leases. We've halted most all of our interior upgrade programs. And are really just focusing on, you know, keeping our tenants safe and in place. And believe it or not, I mean, the good news is our portfolio is 95% occupied. We're averaging around 60% on renewals going into next month. That means nothing, right? It's not a great barometer. It's a good sign, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how the next, you know, couple of months fare. We have not heard a lot of, you know, feedback from our tenants on unemployment issues, but we're prepared for that. We're offering uh, uh, payment plans, payment solutions to our tenants as well, just to try to prepare for the next couple months. 
We are not charging any late fees for the next month, uh, assuming tenants can pay by the end of the month. So it's uh, you know it's a it's a crazy time out there. I'm looking at my notes from Oxford Economics. You know, Q2 is expected to be the worst in history, down 10 percent. Q3 is expected to slowly rebound at 3.2 percent, and Q4 is supposedly you know it, it, the the eye is in the beholder, right? Uh, the beauty of the beholder. But uh, Q4 hoping to come roaring back at 14.5 percent. So we'll see. Yeah, we've uh, we've done the same uh, with us. We've uh, we've spoken. Uh, you know, I've sent out emails to the to all our residents. You know, letting them know how to take care of themselves, how to take care of the you know their surrounding areas. We've given them you know extra ways of getting in touch with the property management uh, property manager on site and with maintenance issues. Uh, we've talking. We've spoken to our entire staff, the maintenance crew. If they need to go inside a unit, that they need to be prepared and so forth. Uh, we're also uh, like Mike said and and, and Maureen. We're, we've putting together a payment plan uh, for those in need. Right, we're, we haven't yet blasted it out to everybody. But if somebody comes to us and tells us, hey, I can't pay, uh, we have a payment plan. We're also working with this company that I found that they will actually go and make a payment plan with the resident and yet pay us the full rent on the first. Um, They charge the tenant a $19 a month fee for this. Now with the mass um, influx and onboarding of more properties and more people, they're now charging the owner-operators uh, $10 per unit as well. So what we've done is we've sent out a letter saying that we're going to bear that $29 for the first 90 days. And what it does is it puts everybody, it, puts, it, it lets another, a third party deal with the payment plan and then just forward us the rent. And if if the person is late and whatnot, they take care of that on their end. So we don't have to go through all that. Uh, we are talking to our lenders, you know, as, as Mike said, looking for forbearance and, and whatnot. We've I think that's really important right now, too. Like, just really, it's all about communication. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're talking about is, is communicating with everybody, right? Absolutely. Constant, constant communication, right? Because right now, what, you know, think about it. Everybody, we're all feeling very isolated. We're all feeling very unknown, right? We, we're, we're worried. What's the, 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 the future is unknown. So if there's someone that is communicating and just sharing and, and being open, it, it, it relieves a lot of stress for people. So open communication is, uh, is very important. We've also stopped all renovations you know right now it's, it's preservation preservation of capital preservation of residents preservation of the asset right so that's uh that that's what we've got going on as well that's a that's a, that's a good point go ahead as i say we we've taken this just to not lay anybody off or anything as we have decreased work orders we're only doing kind of um life and safety work orders we're not doing kind of our normal maintenance schedule type of things we're not going and changing filters like just right now we just stopped that for just the short term, why everybody's under these isolation rules or kind of shelter in place. But, you know, I told like my maintenance people, they're still turning units. We still have our vendors coming painting units. You can do this social isolation. And we're just really taking advantage of this time to really just get caught up on everything. And I see, you know, at the end of this, we should have, you know, those units ready to go. And we're doing everything to keep, make sure everybody stays working and employed as well. Uh, so, you know, trying to take advantage of this the best we can, uh, why keeping everybody safe? So I want to bring up a point uh, right now. For me, um, the question I'm going to ask is, how are you guys handling your communication with investors? One of the things that we've done, and we just did it last week, 
is just to suspend, you know, we've put a big, long email out. We've been going almost every week now. We're going to, we've been communicating with our investors, going to give them an update, which is we usually only communicate once a month with investors ever. And so now to do it weekly is kind of, it's a lot for us, but we've also uh, let them know that this next quarter uh, payment is suspended. All payments to any investor right now is suspended for the time being, just because we want to have liquidity, right? Just in case. And because we just don't know how bad it's going to go. And what, what have you guys been doing? Yeah, did that as well. You know, in the email that I sent out to everybody uh, a couple of days ago, I, I let them know, you know, with a heavy heart and a heavy pen, we're, we're, we're not distributing cash. And it's it's for the sake of the asset, right? It's, it's like yep. I said before, it's asset preservation right now, right? We, we want to preserve the asset so that we can come out of this on the other side and then go back to normal. So, yeah. But we haven't made that determination yet. I mean, our distributions, they wouldn't go out until uh, April 20th uh, for Q1. So we're, I'm just going to wait. Same as us, Marie. Yeah, because things seem to just like uh, progress almost on a, like every other day, there seems to be new information and new uh, programs and new, and I really want to see kind of what the result of the tenant collections are. They're um, they're increasing some unemployment, even for like uh, people that are they said like gig related, like musicians, and I mean different things like that. They're doing some kind of an employment rollout, at least for certain states that we're involved in. So uh, I'm I'm just waiting to see kind of the impact of early April before we make that determination. I I, I want to do everything we can to, to stay, you know up according to what our investor expectations are. But I'm sure nobody would be surprised uh, by this if we were to hold those back. I always, my thought was just to hit them now and let them know like it's winter's coming, Mm -hmm. right? And then if I can, then we we absolutely will. But like, again, we don't know the next 30 days is really critical, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I think we're all waiting. I think we're all waiting for April 1. Because right now, like by by the end of this month, if you're paying quarterly, you've already got the money in. Uh, I mean, like we have already have the money in our holding account for uh, investor payments for next quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and we've let them know that hey, we got the money. It's not like we can't pay you, but like, but we don't know what's going to go on, and we want to make sure that nothing's going to go bad. So that's that's. And have you had any um, Nissan? Have you had any? And Mike, let you let you jump in real quick. Yeah, we're doing some of the same. <laughs> I've been in got I've been on 15 minute calls with pretty much all my investors personally this entire week. Everyone's asking that question. Everyone understands if we suspend distributions and they all understand hey cash is king right now. We uh, as I said we've been we've been on conference calls all day with Fannie Freddie and understanding the forbearance issue. I think we're going to get some good flexibility there either with yeah. deferring payments paying them over the next 12 months, rolling them onto the back end of the loan, going interest only. So everyone's on board with suspending distributions, but we haven't rolled out a decision on it because we too also won't usually don't make that decision till mid-April. But I think it's the smart, prudent thing to do going forward. But you know, as Nitsan said, let's let's see how April 1 looks. I think more important, let's look at April's financials come mid-May. Yeah. to really understand how this impacts us. And it, it's probably, again, it's not a great, one month is not a great barometer for what's going to happen to us here. It's probably two months, three months, especially knowing that most of our tenants work in the service industry. Most of them are directly affected here. And uh, it, it sounds like that's going to get worse and worse uh, as more comes out here. 
Yeah, I think so. Now, surprisingly, I've had only one person like have like heartache over that. And I think that's a testament. And I guess probably be the same way. No one will really like it, but you're not going to have very many uh, of your investors throw fits. That's, that's what happened to me, Nissan for you. I've, I've, I've experienced, you know, positive uh, feedback, you know, people saying, thank you. Thank you for being proactive. Thank you for letting us know. We totally understand, you know, keep, keep the asset as, as, you know, as tight as possible. So, you know, they're again, communication, right? Just, Got to communicate. Doesn't matter what you're communicating to them, right? You yeah. Know, uh, we, we're still doing distributions. We haven't decided yet. We we made a decision. It doesn't make a difference as long as you're communicating, right? Yeah. As long as you're speaking to them. Yeah. And they they want to see us being proactive being and leaders. not sticking our heads in the ground and going, "Oh my god, oh my god, when is this going to be over?" I totally agree. Cool. Um, so, have you guys experienced tenants saying that they don't want to pay yet? No, we really we really haven't yet. It's, no, it's not yet. we're starting to get some rumblings. You know, we got five days for it to really roll out, but we haven't seen it yet. You know, the 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 no eviction mandate that you know has been rolled out by the government in certain municipalities. I'll be honest with you, that really concerned me and frustrated me last week. This week I'm a lot more comfortable with it. But the reality of it is the the courts are closed anyway, so there's not much we can really do. Yeah, um, that will 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 push the yeah. line on evictions, but I think most Americans will do the right thing. It, we're all in shock right now, right? We're all kind of frozen. It's not a great time to move. It's not a great time to make rash decisions. So, you know, will we have some increase in evictions in late payments? Absolutely. Will it be through the roof over the next month or two? I don't think it will be that that bad. I'm a little bit more optimistic on it, but, but as we keep saying with communication, we're all in the people business, right? Yeah. Our property management companies are the first responders. So good transparency, good communication is, is really key right now. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, we've had, uh, we had just, I was, I happened to be on the phone with one manager when a tenant came in that had owed money from this month. That is just a typical late payer. And uh, she's like, well, I don't have to pay you now because you can't evict me. And, and my manager told her, she says, well, you don't pay me now. When they open those courts, she's, I'm going to make sure that I pay extra and you're the first one in line. So uh, that kind of made me laugh a little bit. But um, I, I think the, the wise tenants know it's not, they're not saying that you're going to get a credit on your rent that you don't ever have to pay. It's just, we can't evict you right now if you don't pay. So I think we actually sent a letter out already this month. And what we're offering is we're just doing a raffle and saying anyone paying before the first that we're going to do a raffle and give somebody 50% off their rent for the month. But I, we're just trying to set expectations that, you know, your rent is still due. And, you know, even if there is something, we, we are also going to do a payment plans. We have a hardship form that if the tenant comes into the office and says, you know, I'm having an issue, I'm a bartender, I'm, you know, whatever their job has happens to be, they can fill this out, give us kind of supporting document, and then it, it kind of rolls up to the VP of operations. But I said the last thing we want to do, we don't want to blank it out to the tenants because they say, oh, no late fees this month. Yes. We don't want to encourage people to not like pay when they would have paid normally. So I think, I think you know, it, it's hard to say. We don't really know what will happen. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, Marine, right? Like, because I've been thinking like, so our policy currently is rents due, right? Rents always, it's due. And we're, we're just trying to handle it individually. I mean, as a case-by-case basis, show us your hardship, right? We want to understand it. Because if you don't, 
then you'll get masks because everybody, they're like, you know, chatterboxes. And once they know the door's open, it yeah. becomes a flood. And so mm-hmm. I think yep. you've got to be, and that's the slippery slope because you have compassion and you want to help, but you're also running a business and you are responsible for the economics of your property. And, and you so, don't want to yeah. penalize people that are going to pay either because then they feel, you don't want them to feel like a sucker for paying on time when the other 90% didn't. So that's what we're looking at. So right now we just have the raffle. for. The I like the raffle idea. That's a great idea, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so the people that pay before the 31st get into this raffle. And then the people that uh, I think are paying after that up until like, say the 10th, I, bl- I, I haven't made the determination yet, but I think I'm gonna do a little bit of a discount. Like, you know, maybe they get a certain 25 bucks or 50 up just to help them. Maybe there's a gift card or another raffle for all the, you know, normal people for thanking them just to help people out. hundred dollar mm-hmm. gift cards, something like that. Do you guys use ACH? Do you guys have ACH? Is most of your tenants on ACH? Yeah, they can pay online. Oh. We have several things. We actually just looked at some apps as well. So that you know, make- we have on our portfolio, about 98% of our tenants are on uh, auto pay. Auto draft, yeah. ACH. Well, so yeah. I got to tell you, man, one of the things that we, we implemented, like we took out the check casher um, out of, or the, the you know, the, the scanner. scanner. We took it out of the office. And so our tenants have two ways to pay. One, you send a check to corporate, which no one likes, right? It's a pain in the butt. Or they can um, get online and go onto the portal and log in. And what it's done for us, like right now I'm seeing the effects is that because it swipes the bank account on the first and it'll it swipes pretty regularly until it gets its money and um it's been a, it's been a blessing because it really just people are just accustomed to it takes out first thing you don't have they don't have to physically come and give us a check check it just happens automatically yeah. that's that's been a blessing for us online uh, direct payments online payments we're on all ach distributions to our investors as well so uh I think that will help here as well. But but to Maureen's point, it's it's you have to be flexible right now. Yeah. We don't we just don't know we just don't know where this is gonna go over the next couple months. So I think flexibility to our tenant base it is, really is. is really, really important. Yeah, we wouldn't normally take partial payments, but that's something we're gonna implement as well. And so I, what I wanna do is kind of take a look at the hardship form that they fill out, you know, right. see what unemployment's offering, how quickly they're responding for the people that have been laid off. And then, you know, we could get weekly payment plans and I'm thinking as long as they stick to that, then we, then we don't accrue late fees. So like having some kind of incentive to stick to that plan as well. So mm-hmm. where the Agreed. late fees would kick in if they violate that, or, you know, just trying to keep everybody kind of under control. Because the worst thing is we never, none of us want to make the news, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody here wants to make the news of being never. the stingy, greedy landlord. Right. Exactly. And, and exactly. so, but we, but we yet. It is, it's really, it's, I mean, the good thing is, at least what I'm seeing so far is that everybody seems to be playing cool. Like, I'm, I'm, even banks, um, everybody seems to be understanding the whole, everybody's willing to work around some stuff. And that's kind of unprecedented. I've never seen that much flexibility in everybody, even lenders, right? right. As we've talked with lenders, they seem to be somewhat flexible. And that's been really nice. Yeah, I've also recently sent communication out to my team too, just to give other owners and you know people a, a heads up. Just saying that I think in in that they're looked up as a leader in their community anyway. Your property managers, even your maintenance, you know your maintenance supervisors. These people, kids look up to them. People 
we're kind of setting the stage for the way a lot of people are going to react in our own communities. And I think they really have to be aware of that. So, you know, to handle themselves calmly and collectively and be really careful about what they, they say to people. And, you know, I do think they're looked up to as a, a leader and they need to be aware of that. And, and to, uh, to uh, thank them for that as well. My team, like unbelievable things. I asked them, I'm like, send me an email on the creative ways you guys are still accomplishing because everything's getting done still. And yeah. like, send, send us ideas. Like, I love to see the creativity that comes out of our teams. So people you know, are amazing. And when you put them in the right, and when you let them lead and like give them that power to, to do things, Maureen, you can, I mean, people are amazing, right? I mean, they really, there's a lot of people that want to step up and do good. And um, that's a testament of, of who you're hiring too, those types of people. Yeah. One other, just one other tip. Um, we also, I gave each, uh, ma- each community manager a few hundred dollars to say, look, just use this however you feel fit. You know your community. You know if there's elderly people that maybe might be a, a little isolated or whoever, like just, just feel free to use this money. And, you know, just to, if you want to buy kids coloring books, like I, whatever you want to do with it, it's, you know, they have this, and it's only a few hundred bucks, but uh, they were, they seem pretty happy about that. And I think it gives them a little. That's another great idea. That's a great nugget. I love that. Oh, I'm, I just wrote that one down. So I'm going to implement that. Like after we get off this uh, zoom call. Cool. That's, that's, that's a good one, man. Just take, just go love on people. Yeah, right. exactly. Just, you want to buy toilet paper and give everybody rolls, like whatever you can find, you know, and have fun. And- <laughs> that might be the best gift ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably more valuable than coloring book, but you never know. But Oh, it depends on where you're at in, 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 in your TP collection right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think Nissan's point about the, uh, being flexible with payment solutions is really important. Nissan, we've been, we've been doing the same thing through a company called Flex Payment Solutions. Is that, that's, is that what you're That's about? what we've been using. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're probably yeah. overwhelmed right now. I, I've heard they're actually right. stopping to take more clients. Mm-hmm. But we've been doing the same thing. Um, any any tenant that has a concern with payment, we refer them to a great payment solution company. They coordinate everything. We still get our payments on the first right. of the month. So right. uh, it just goes to that flexibility, incentives, good communication, trying to help your tenants out over the next couple of months. But that's a great service. Absolutely. And, and so on that service, we're actually... Um, paying for the service for the tenants for the first 90 days. And then after 90 days, we're going to reevaluate if we're still in the, in the situation or not. And what's cool is if the tenant wants to remain on that, then they'll take that $19 on their end, right? And hopefully by, by the time this is all over, um, they'll stop charging the, you know, the owner operators as well. And they'll go back to just charging the tenants. Then the tenant will stay on that program. And it's kind of, you know, a, a a guaranteed form of payment for us if they stay on. So it's, it's a win-win in the situation and out of the situation. Yeah. Awesome. That's good uh-huh. stuff. All right. A couple more questions, guys. Um, capital markets for loans. Uh, what's your guys' outlook? What, what's, what are you hearing? And I probably should have got a loan person to be on this panel, but maybe I'll do another one with loan guys. So I've been, I've been asking, you know, a couple of the, uh, uh, capital markets guys from the different brokerage companies that uh, we buy from, you know, Kush, and, and all these other guys. Um, they said that, you know, right from, and again, this was about four or five days ago that I spoke to them. <laughs> Who knows if it's the same information now, <laughs> but they said that, you know, they're tightening a little bit. They're still lending. Fannie Freddie still lending. Rates are going up a little bit. Um, you know, LTVs may be coming down, but they're still looking at, 
at deals, right? I guess they're looking at deals that have strong cash flow and looking at the tenant profile and seeing what they are. And um, I, Mike, I think you said it, you know, now they're coming up with more reserves as well that they want us to, to pack in there. So, you know, and I think there's a lot more private lending going on right now as well. Right? Oh, so private lending is definitely up. Yeah. I, uh, I, last time I had a talk with uh, my, my loan guy, he was saying like the CMBS market is like on pause, <laughs> like they're yeah. not doing anything. Uh, really, Freddie, Fannie, and HUD or FHA are like the lenders uh, that are doing anything that have are kind of going out there and doing stuff. Um, your bridge to perms are, are, you know, your rates are, there's actually a lot of uncertainty there. They don't even know what's up, right? No one knows what's going on. So like no one really wants to lend. Are you, any of you guys in contracts right now? We're uh, a couple things. So you're, Corey, you're exactly right. CMBS is done. They're actually walking from closings at closing. Yes. So that they're failing. Uh, life company loans are out completely. Um, agency debt, Fannie Freddie, still rocking and rolling. Um, we are in the middle of refinancing four properties where we'll be returning 100% of investors' capital. So we'll be returning $19 million back to investors over the next 45 days. That'll feel really good. In yes. We're excited about that news, as, as is our investors. Because you know you're hitting the floor, bro. Right. Uh, and all, <laughs> on all your loan terms, everybody's hit the floor. I know I have. Yeah. I got a refi we, going on. We, the lowest we, it can go. That's where we're at. We just got debt applications and signed debt applications yesterday. So Danny, Freddie, they're still active. They're still open for business. We were worried we weren't even going to be able to get debt quotes last week. Um, they're, they're, they still, it's so different from 2008 where we still have debt. The banks are still in yes. business. The b- banks are in good, decent shape. They're not like, they're not they been making stupid loans. There's not a financial crisis that we're in. They're still, they still, they're still debt. They still want a loan. So our interest rates, to Nitsan's point, interest rates really drop, but they increase the spreads. Mm-hmm. So the spreads have increased a bit. So across the, the four or five properties we're refinancing, I'd say the average all-in rate was 33 to 3.6%, depending on the debt coverage ratio. But spreads have increased. Leverage has decreased a bit. Debt coverage ratios have increased a bit. But our investors love it because we're taking low leverage loans, we're turning everyone's money back, and then we're keeping the mortgage payments at where they were before. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't affect investors' cash flow going forward. So um, to, to your original point, debt's still out there. They're still lending. It's just if you're buying right now, are you buying at the right price? Um, and what's yes. going to happen to debt as you go in the contract, right? Because you know, the lender has the right to reduce the loan amount based off of financials. And if we all think our financials are going to dip, um, our net income is going to dip over the next couple of months, your loan proceeds is going to dip as well, which is going to put you in a position to uh, want to lower that price or, or, you know, retrade as they say. Yeah, that's exactly where we're at. We have a, we have a, re- a refi with Freddie, on a property where we're getting a 10 year term, like 3.7 is our rate and um, five years of interest only. And a a 10 year term, like it's, it's, I mean, listen, I'm like going like this right here because 
we went from, it was a bridge to perm. Our bridge loan was seven and a half percent to go from seven and a half to 3.7. That's why it's like turning on the juice box, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And actually uh, Fannie Freddie, they have a 10, a 10 year, 10 years of interest only product. Wow. So we've been refinancing to low leverage loans, 65, 70%, 10 year fixed, you know, on average 3.5% with 10 years of interest only. So, uh, that that's it's great debt, which can be considered an asset. Mm-hmm. You sell and have a buyer down the road. Yeah. Down the road. Is that a yeah, is that a Freddie some... product? I'm sorry, the ten year uh, IO. Yes, the quotes are through Freddie. Wow, that's good. Yeah, we have some bridge loans out right now. I'm like, come on, guys, let's let's finish up this construction. Yeah. Let's finish up these projects. We want to try to capture some of these uh, great rates, uh, and we have. Um, three deals under contract right now. One was just at the very uh, start of it. So we're just, that's just kind of on hold. Uh, another one, we just got an extension on due diligence because we we're supposed to do a physical due diligence last week. Uh, and so we just waited um, and the, the seller agrees too. Um, and then the other one is the new construction, which we we're just about to close on that loan. But we decided to wait because there's no, um, you know, the governments are shut down pretty much as far as inspectors and things. So I don't want to be sitting on that loan when I can't get somebody to inspect certain things out. So that's the only trouble we're running into with anything with our larger construction projects right now is getting the inspectors out when the cities are kind of shut down. Uh, so we're trying to make that call on, you know, do we move forward in certain things? Do we have a good enough relationship? Can we send pictures or is it something we just have to stop and wait? Um, so yeah. that's the only issue we're running. That's a, that's a good issue. We were in a contract um, and we just asked for a 60 day uh, extension, like just mm-hmm. keep everything as it is. <laughs> And let's go 60 days because we don't we don't know where it's going to shake out because I think there's a price reduction coming, right? Like, I think rates are going to change. Cap rates are going to go up a little bit um, once, you know, who knows? But, like, the whole goal is, like, we need some time to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And just, uh, like, right before this call, they came back with a super horrible, like, counter of release our earnest money and all these things. And finally, I just said, the heck with it. And we're just going to use the uh, uh, force uh, majority. I'm probably saying that wrong. No, majority. you're right. I wish major, major, major. Right. Yeah, with the French accent. We won't judge yeah. you. I don't French know. Major. French major. Michelle, you could do it great. <laughs> but uh, why is it always going to be French when you want to say something? Got an eight point five on that one, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're getting ready to issue that because, I mean, I think sixty days from now, I could probably put it back under contract for cheaper. Yeah. But, and that leads me to our, our last question is really, what's the future like and what are we doing to prepare? Well, I think, um, you know, we, we, we've gone, the, the, this whole uh, podcast now, this whole show has been about what we're doing and how we've prepared, right? Yep. Communication, asset preservation, keeping our, our thumb on the pulse of the capital markets and what's going on. And I think, you know, just, just, straight you know stay the course right we we said it earlier you know Do i think we see it's opportunity still, coming yeah absolutely absolutely there's opportunities you know there's opportunities also outside of real estate right there, there's a lot of opportunities right now but stay the course right um i think if you start rocking the boat a little too much in the beginning when when you know when things really start rocking and rolling you you, you want to be stable right yes. you want to you want to be you want to be straight you want to kind of stay the course. Uh, we're just, you know, like I said, 
keeping as much capital as we can. You know, like Mike said, cash is king in these situations, right? Keeping the asset preserved and, and, and really taking it slow, moving it forward, right? Really just knocking it down a little bit and just moving forward very, very slow, very steadily, not making too many hastily decisions and, you know, throwing money out and renovating the entire property. And I think, I think that needs to be put on hold and, and, and wait and see what goes on. You know, we're, I, like I said earlier, we're all waiting for April, see how those uh, collections are going to be coming in. And then we'll, we'll know a little bit better. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of curious too the way the lenders are going to look at if we do have two or three months where it's just a, a little bit of a bump and then, you know, maybe entering into uh, Q3 that, you know, everything kind of normalizes. How are they going to take the effect of that like blip, right? So that's one thing we have to see. Uh, we really, we can predict all we want. Nobody really knows until it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, you know, for the past, I'd say year and a half, uh, we've been just buying so conservatively. We've been turning down a lot of deals, a lot of properties we would love to own and add to our portfolio. but you know, there's people out there that were just, you know, I think capital was so cheap. People got in some, not necessarily us as syndicators, but some of these equity groups, they have to place capital, right? It's the right. only time they're making money. So they're buying things on ridiculous margins or ridiculous, you know, cap rates that we really can't compete with so much. And I was jokingly telling my team, like, don't worry, we'll buy it in four years when they can't get those rents out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that may be coming back around too. So there may be some, for so, those of us that have been conservative, and, you know, just really making sure our cash flow was strong or the story was really good and, you know, solid going into these deals where we thought we could, you know, increase performance. I think that there'll be a little bit of reward at the end of this because, you know, people with the stock market a little funky, or I shouldn't even say a little funky, with the stock market doing what it says, it just shows what we do. You know, I've had investors thank me for... Oh, God, yes. So, like, How many of your investors have out, called you, know? you and said thank you, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lots. definitely. Yeah, they have. Thank you so much because thank you, you know, for saving first, me. Exactly. So uh, we have some serious fans right now. So they'll definitely be. You know, we're always looking for opportunity, and and not that I want to see anybody ever go under, but you know, th- with risk, there's reward, right? Sometimes those people can really kill it on those deals, and and you know, otherwise, or sometimes we miss out on opportunity because we're let's not. Let's let's face the facts, too, Marine. So like, and you guys know this. There's a lot. I mean, the whole hot button in the last couple of years has been multifamily investing. And so you've got everybody rushing into this marketplace that probably hasn't practiced what I believe we all practice, which is conservative underwriting. I think that's something we all have truly in, in our toolbox is, listen, you've got to kiss a lot of frogs to find oh, yeah. a good deal. And there's yeah. a lot of investors that are going out there and just, you know, they don't, I think just because they, they don't know or they've not been trained or they, you know, they watch some guru and, and then they're, they're like, we're going to do it. And now here's the hiccup. And it's going to create, I think, a lot of little ripples that are going to come. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certain properties too that I call them the hot potato properties. You guys probably all know them in your market where we've been watching them trade since 2014. Every year, you know, people buy them and they're going to put all this right. money and fix them up. And they're these disgusting properties. And it's like, oh, they just trade. Wait, they didn't put a dollar in? Like, I remember this being for sale 18 months ago. And he's getting plus 10 a door or plus 15 a door. And you're like, you're like, oh, like I could have bought that and just wrote it. But it's like in my soul, I know I have to be careful. If anything happened in the market, you don't want to be stuck with that. You don't want to be hot that hot potato, right? (laughs) Right? So we've been avoiding those. So this is where those uh, people are going to get stuck, I think, with their hot potatoes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. What about you, Mike? uh, 
you know, it's uh, every day is different, right? One day you wake up depressed, one day you, you wake up optimistic. And <laughs> as, uh, as we've gone through this, you know, personally, I'm getting more and more excited. You know, even before this hit, you know, I always tell our investors, hey, here's the downside um, when the next recession hits and, 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 and we're here, right? And you know what? This is why we've been buying multifamily. We're yeah, buying yeah. multifamily because we knew this recession was coming and we know how well multifamily performs through the recession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're also, we're going to be able to show that to investors, albeit the next couple months might be tough. But the beauty of multifamily is you can assess it monthly, unlike so many other business models. So we'll have a really good feel for how bad this gets come June and July. Amen. And we'll be able to monitor it monthly and understand, okay, occupancies are getting better. Bad debts getting less. Evictions are getting less. Uh, is debt still out there? Are investors still out there? And we'll, get, we'll be able to, to really, you know, you can never pinpoint the bottom, but we'll be able to have some good confidence when we buy in again. And I think it's a wonderful time for that. It's, it's, it's so different from 2008. As I said, there's still money out there. There's still debt out there. Mm-hmm. We have record low interest rates. And now we have these fiscal tailwinds that are be- going to be coming behind us here. Yep. So, you know, whether you think this is a V recession or a U, I think we're going to be, all of us are going to be in a really great position to buy in at the right time, whenever that is, whether that's yeah. in months, eight months, 12 months. I'm not sure, but I think, you know, preparing for that and, and really kind of pausing and assessing everything right now will be really important. As we have you ever, have you guys talked with any of your capital on that topic? Cause I know we have, like we sent out, we're actually, the reason all these books are signed out, we're going to send it to all our investors and with a nice letters talking about the state of the economy and that even though they, it feels like Rome's burning, we need them to like start thinking about giving us all their money. Right, like it's funny you say that. Communities. I, I've spoken to um, uh, my South American investors, and you know, before this Corona stuff, South America was on fire as well, and everybody's getting there, wanting to get their money out and so forth. Now, with the with the Corona, you would think that everybody's kind of putting themselves on hold. And we went back and we spoke to them and said, "Listen, we're probably not going to buy anything in the next ninety days." So don't expect us to come to you. Maybe there's something great and we'll get it. But we have some properties under contract right now. We, we had to put them, you know, extra due diligence and whatnot. But we said when, when we start seeing the out on the other side, get ready. Because this is when we're going to come and we're going to start grabbing all your funds. And we're going to start buying and buying and buying and buying because the opportunities are going to be there, like Maureen said, right? People that have these very skinny debt coverage ratios are going to, are going to falter. And if you've got the cash, you can then come out of it and you know just start sprinting ahead. So there's there's still a lot of faith in in the economy, right? Even even you know uh, the, the international investors coming from South America and 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 from you know we're seeing Canadian and a, and a bunch of European investors as well. They're still looking. They still want us to go out there and find deals for them. So it's it's you know, think about this, guys. Think about this. We all started really. We all got started. On the back end, really in multifamily, at the back end of the, the, the Great Recession. And we were still fairly new, right? Like raising money and doing all the stuff. Here we are seasoned now, right? And 
Well, I mean, because if, if I could go back to like 2009, 10, 11, I would have bought so many more properties if I would have known, like I would have pushed myself extra hard to raise more money. Because mm-hmm. I was, but like, but it's a process. Like you just don't learn how to raise money when you're new. Like it takes time. And uh-huh. here we are now, very seasoned, very good operators. We know how to raise money. We, we're, we're successful in that, in our, in our each and everyone's area that we kind of been waiting for something like this or, you know, cause we know what to do now. Like we, we know what's going to happen or at least have, have an idea, right? Like no one, no one knows, but we we're way more prepared now than I think we ever have been. And Nislan, you said it best, be patient, understand our economics, but also, you know, that hunter killer is going to come out in all of us in about four to six months. <laughs> I think it's already out a little bit. We're like, okay, who didn't get to close their deals? Like who's, who's disappointed right now? Like what's out there? So we've already like kind of ramped up uh, in acquisitions and underwriting and kind of getting the words out uh, just in preparation of this. Uh, you know, we're sitting on a pretty good amount of cash right now too. So we're ready to move. I think a lot of investors have been kind of on the sidelines yeah. and uh, just a quote comes to mind that one of my friends always, he's like, yeah, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked, right? So I think we see who's swimming naked right now and, uh, you know, be able to, yeah, hopefully have some opportunity. I think we've been waiting for a while. I think all of us were seasoned enough to know a good deal versus a bad deal. We're not jumping on just anything. Uh, and I think we've all been scratching our heads, wondering how people have closed some of the things uh, recently. Like, how can they pay that much? Like, it's just insane. Uh, and so now I think we're going to be rewarded a little bit for taking the conservative approach because... When we're looking at deals too, I, I tell my team, I'm like, look, it, if we don't get a certain deal that we're bidding on, it's like, well, at least we live to fight another day. We may, It's better to miss out on opportunity than to take advantage of something that's going to destroy you, right? So mm-hmm. that's the take we've been we've been taking the last few years. And I think it's it's going to pay off now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, get, I get properties from brokers in South Florida here where I live, and the prices are ridiculous. You know, for a 1935 construction, they're asking $250,000 a door. And they rent for 800 a month, right? 800 right. a month, 250 right. a door. Like, like, how does that make sense? Who's buying that? And then three weeks yeah. later, closed, right? Yeah. You know, you, and, and Maureen, you know, you can build for less than that, right? You, oh, can, you can literally build building. for half of that price, uh, yeah. a beautiful complex. So I, it, it's incredible what, what people are buying right now. And it, yeah, I, I, we've all, like Maureen said, we've all, I think we're all waiting for this dip to come in and kind of correct, straighten, and, and just let us go out there and, and feed again. Do what we do, what we do best. Wow. Hey guys, I want to thank you for your time, uh, for coming on this panel. It's been, you know, we've been on this thing for almost an hour. So I really appreciate wow. uh, everybody's uh, participation. Really from my heart, uh, thank you so much. Flaherty, the last thing, the only thing we have from you, don't you have a little, you got a little promo that you want to show, don't you? Come on, man. My new, my new drinking habit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I told you I'd give you the plug, brother. I have a new book behind me, but I do have my new uh, Irish whiskey startup here. Just hit the shelves across the country on St. Patrick's Day. I'm not sure how many people are out looking for it, but. This one. This is one of the few industries that's doing really well throughout the, cu- the country right now. <laughs> that is awesome. And so, since since we're all pitching, I let everybody else pitch anything they want to. Forgive me your time, but uh, you know, you know, if you're looking for a good read right now, Corey's uh, uh, "Copy Your Way to Success: Standing on the Shoulder of Giants" book is out, and it actually just hit audio. So I made an audio book. I actually went into a studio 
and I, I voiced every word. Imagine that. So, <laughs> and some of them were really tough because there's a couple pain stories here where I had to really pull myself together to get through it because it was tough. But um, great, great audio listen if you'd like. You can get that on audible.com or anywhere you can buy an audio book. Guys, last two, Nissan, you guys promo. There you go, Mike. I just want to say congratulations to you both. This business is awesome because we have opportunities to invest in cool things like liquor brands. And it's funny, I almost just invested in one, Mike, different one, but it was a whiskey brand. So I think that's hysterical. And Corey, congratulations on writing your book too. Uh, I think there's so much value that we can give to other people through our experiences. And nobody's born knowing this stuff. We've all learned it through you know, trials and tribulations. And I think it's great when you share stuff. So uh, congratulations to you too. And, and knowing you guys for so long, the three of you guys, we kind of grew up in this business together a little bit. And so I just, it's just great to see everybody successful and doing well. So I want to throw that out there. Yeah, Thanks guys, congratulations, me. everybody. It's awesome to see the success that, uh, that you've all achieved. And, uh, you know, being a part of this panel with the three of you, it kind of makes me want to go out and achieve more. You know, so uh, yeah, congratulations to everybody, man. It's fantastic. All right. And, 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 and if anybody needs anything, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm here. I don't have the whiskey, but you know, perfect, I have perfect. two years. Guys, listen, for everybody listening in the audience, hopefully this has been very helpful and rewarding. And really just uh, the knowledge here is, is, ama- is amazing. As I, as I finish every podcast episode I've ever done, um, right now is more importantly than I think ever is to control what's in between the two ears, right? Because, you know, you're the power of your mind, in my opinion, is everything. And if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. 